0: Sportsnet 590,
1: The Fan. Fan morning show. Sportsnet 590, Fan. Justin and Ailish. Game one in the books. Some learning lessons. Some points of concern. Points of confidence. Let's get the... Uh, the rundown from our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom, visit Don Valley North, Kipper. How you feeling after game one?
0: Well, I think, uh, the first round, uh, uh, party's over. That's for sure. Yeah. And now you're in a series and, uh, a lot of people expected the Leafs to come out, uh, stronger, uh, perhaps, uh, with a win, but, uh, Mr Kachuk had other ideas and similar feeling after game 1 not quite the the you know the the thrashing of a 7-3 game but uh yeah the Leafs uh the Leafs need need the second one here to get the split to go back to Florida
1: Was that just a, a little bit of a discrepancy of intensity or at least like not first round hangover in a sense of we did this thing like, Oh, we can settle in a little bit for round two and look ahead maybe at the big picture of this path could be paved out for us. Or, you know, was Florida just the hungrier team having won four straight now?
0: Yeah. It, I was quite surprised that they were able to bring in that much energy off the start off of a, a game seven emotional win. So, uh, so close between games coming from Boston to to Toronto last night, uh, but give them full credit. And it just, uh, you know, in in many ways, the Leafs were just good enough to lose Ailish last night. Uh, In many ways, uh, they were better than what we saw out of uh, Toronto in, what, game three to game five against Tampa Bay. Uh, But a couple of key mistakes, uh, not to pick on Jake McCabe, but couple bad decisions in that hockey game cost them and uh, may have been the difference in in the game. That and Bobrovsky and, like I said, uh, uh, Matthew Kachuk came to play. So uh, the Leafs have their hands full, no question, uh, going into game two.
2: So we've been talking this morning about the feeling out process and how, you know, I guess we saw that against Tampa Bay, but we felt like we saw more of it against the Florida Panthers where it was, you know, two teams that just kind of gentlemen's agreement. Hey, let's go out and play and see where we're at. And then we'll make adjustments. And I know we saw an adjustment from Sheldon Keefe in the second period, switching up his lines, but like, is there an inevitability with the feeling out process? Like why even Tampa Bay does this where it's like, okay, that was a bit of a strange game. And then all of a sudden John Cooper gets to coaching. Like, is the feeling out process in a playoff series inevitable in your experience?
0: Yes, for sure. And you want to you want to push, but sometimes you don't want to rip the envelope open because one or two mistakes uh, can end up costing you. And I, I thought the Leafs uh, weathered a little bit of a storm early uh, by the energy uh, that uh, Bennett and and Kachuk and Verhage were able to kind of start and, you know, Nick Cousins uh, gets the first goal. And I thought the energy started to shift in the second period. I thought the Leafs were in good shape. And then for whatever reason, uh, Jake McCabe decides to join a rush late in the second period. Uh, that That's all about managing the clock. That's all about, uh, you know, taking uh, uh, your educated uh, chances and that, that one was just mind boggling to me. Uh and then that led to the uh the break for Verhage that really I thought put the leafs into a a situation where you're in the dress room down a goal and going, okay, what happened? We just grabbed all this energy off of the nice goal and the and the bunting goal, and then we just handed it back to them on a platter. So um that that's that's what you avoid. That's the mistake, uh, Justin. You avoid this time of year, and mm-hmm. if it looks like it, 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 if it looks like it's a, a bit of a chess match between coaches that you just spoke of, that's the reason why. Because you don't want the one glaring mistake that could cost you a hockey game. And I thought that was as pivotal as anything in game one.
2: Well, that's kind of, that's interesting to me because like Jake McCabe is not doing that in game six in Tampa Bay, right? Like, so why isn't it a Tampa Bay game six attitude brought to game one versus Florida? Yeah. Uh,
0: Good question. Uh, My, my quick answer on Jake McCabe inexperience. Mm. I never played a playoff game going into this year and I think that, uh, it, it might've, that, that moment might've got ahead of him. Uh, even in the third period that, that the thought that you're going to get a good licking on Matthew Kachuk, uh, when all you ended up doing is taking a delayed penalty that ended up, uh, being a, a huge factor, uh, on the goal that lost you the chance to come back. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, Montour uh, buried the game off of two decisions by Jake McCabe, and that's that's what every player tries this time of year to avoid. Don't be that guy that 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 hands it on a platter to your opponent, and and that's what uh, that's what the coaches constantly deal with uh, uh, in their in their uh, chess match, if 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 that's the phrase you want to use. Yeah, and scoring on that
2: delayed penalty gave Paul Maurice the opportunity to flash the one rather than the two because uh, they scored on that delayed penalty. Uh, and you mentioned chess match. That's one of the big pieces that it seems Paul Maurice is going to play at least right now. You mentioned uh, Matthew Kachuk. Dealing with him and his presence, uh, I feel like Sheldon Keefe went, adaba- went about it sort of backwards. So I'll ask you, what's the proper way to deal with a Matthew Kachuk? And a-, a team that's not a one-line team, but a team that's built primarily middle class. I mean, Alexander Burko is obviously an elite player, but in talk about like threat level, it was Kachuk and his line. So, what is the best way to yeah. deal with that line if you're the
0: Maple Leafs? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I can't recall, guys. Uh, even my in my era, a, a player like that, he brings so many weapons uh, to beating you, and it's it's not sometimes is a uh, you know, uh, obvious uh, when he's out there. Uh, he's almost like a chameleon. Sometimes he could just hide and and all of a sudden make a great play down low. Sometimes he could just kind of lay low in the weeds and then have a huge hit, I think, on uh, Mark Giordano. And then he can make an amazing play uh, offensively that can – Garner the type of numbers that uh, are comparable to Connor McDavid and, and Drysaitel the last few years. Uh, the Leafs are going to have to figure something out here, and and to tell you what definitively it is off the top of my head, uh, I don't know. I can right now uh, because he brings so many uh, subtle, magnificent plays to the to the game. Uh, do you want to challenge him? one-on-one you want to go physically against him you want to try to pull him in that that's when he's at his best too uh but he he just had the perfect temperament last night Mm -hmm. where I, i don't think you were you felt like you needed to chase him around the ice to kill him uh like you do sometimes other players who get under your skin but at the same time it was just a perfect mix of everything that he does so well
2: Well, I'll give you my theory on what they should do. Uh, You mentioned all the nuance and all the little things he does. I mean, I think all those things, and not, not exclusively, but the best of what Matthew Kachuk does is deep in the offensive zone. So how to keep him out of the offensive zone? Well, play on the offensive yourself. And it seemed like early on, Sheldon Keefe was trying to keep Austin Matthews away from the Matthew Kachuk matchup. They did switch that. They had him with Marner, and they saw a lot of overlap with Kachuk in the second and third periods but it seemed like they were letting Matthew Kachuk and the deployment of Matthew Kachuk dictate what happened in the first period, throwing either the second line with Marner and Tavares or the fourth line against Matthew Kachuk. So why wouldn't it be, Hey, let's just make him chase us around rather than chase him around.
0: Yeah. And, and Sheldon talked about that uh, in his post game comments. uh, You know, he talked about uh, needing to change it up and, if you, if you really take a close look at that first goal, it was, Tava- it was uh, Tavares, uh, Marner and Yarncroft. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with two right-handed shots uh, in between uh, Tavares and Marner and Yarncroft ended up getting uh, crossed. And I don't think Mitch looked uh, very comfortable on that side at all. And uh, Kachuk was able to kind of take advantage of it. So, you know, Sheldon did a, a better job against him uh, once the game got settled and he got to change the lines up a little bit. But you got to be careful with that, too. Uh, it's it's unsettling for the players to constantly wonder who they're going to play f- with from shift to shift, um, especially uh, after you lock in Matthews and Marner. So I think he's going to have to figure something out for Tavares here. It's a, It's a constant feel five-on-five we know Tavares is great around the net uh, and we know he's, he's locked in on the power play, Um, but there's a whole lot of five on five hockey uh, uh, in the heart of the game where you're, you're wondering, okay, uh, is it going to be Nylander? Is it going to be Marner? Uh, Sheldon has to find a way to lock in a better look consistently for Tavares uh, backing up Matthews and, last night was a bit of a challenge.
1: Certainly a reason the Maple Leafs weren't able to to close that out with Sergei Bobrovsky, kind of like a vintage Bobrovsky Vesna performance. Um, I just wonder how much that might change your perspective of how the series could go if they can't, or they haven't won the goaltending series, uh, battle game one. Last series, you know, you uh, you shut down Andre Vasilevsky with Samsonov. Last night wasn't the same performance, but Ross kind of stood on his head at times. Um, you expect that to be the way that he can maintain. I mean, they've won four in a row, and I think he's been in net for all of them, and he made some pretty damn good saves with about two and a half minutes left in the game to close that out. But I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he was able to pull out last night.
0: Well, Ailish, based on his uh, career, no, I don't expect him to continue <laughs> it. So, uh, in saying that, I don't want to take anything away from mm-hmm. him. I-, I thought his movement and his uh, his uh, confidence uh, were terrific last night, and he 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 has become a, a dangerous player uh, that the Toronto Maple Leafs have to face right now because we know this time of year, uh, that's the one position that could really. Uh, make or break you and last night he was just he was better than Samsonov Samsonov Mm -hmm. was better than Vasilevsky in game six well game one uh, Bobrovsky was able to uh, shut the door down and uh, the one thing that you don't want is is to now go into game two and and have his confidence just pick up where it left off Uh, not just in game one as you said you know the last four games when you think about the Florida Panthers in their last four games, beating the Boston Bruins three times and the Toronto Maple Leafs once. Um, that's a heck of an accomplishment mm-hmm. here. And not just Bobrovsky's confidence, but uh, the whole entire Florida Panthers team right now has got to be feeling awfully get good going into uh, game two, thinking, hey, let's, 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 take, let's take a 2 nothing lead in this series back home.
1: Someone that's been showing the, a level of confidence and finally got an opportunity to, to like solidify his moment was Matthew Nyes. He was able to to solve Bobrovsky, gets his first NHL goal in the playoffs, assisted by Austin Matthews. Just a really nice moment. Obviously, the fan base loves the kid already. Um, but just how that might bode for his confidence? Well, he's already become a staple in the top six. I think he's just improving almost every game. I still think there's some areas to to shore up, like the D zone. But the the kid is just he's playing with some energy and some fun and maybe a looseness that the Maple Leafs might need.
0: Yeah. uh, It's almost like playing with house money right now for the, for the Leafs. I I think they thought maybe he could come in and, and, and challenge for, for ice time, but uh, to be in a position now to constantly be thrown out with Austin Matthews, um, you know, is, is, is been great so far for the Leafs. I'm just wondering if it does catch up to them at some point. Like when you really think about the ask of Matthew Nice coming in so late in the season and and trying to play a uh, a huge part in, in a playoff run, uh, uh, it's mind boggling uh, <laughs> what he's been able to do so far. But he's got he's got some swagger. We know physically he's not intimidated, even with a a bad bounce off his stick that led to the Sam Bennett goal. Uh, he rebounds well as if it it didn't happen at all, and. Uh, It's one thing to get the puck in a a tight spot uh, in front of the net, uh, but it's another thing to have the poise to hold on to it, cut in. I think it ended up being like a one-on-three in the slot and then stay with it uh, uh, to shovel the puck in the net. Uh, It's fantastic. But again, uh, it's a huge ask. And I, I think at some at some point you're going to have to alleviate a little bit off of him. Sheldon's got to maybe pick his spots sometimes to have him out there in key situations in his own zone. Sometimes you do see uh, inexperience in it in him, and sometimes you can see him kind of caught a little bit, uh, like we did uh, on 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 the Bennett goal. Uh, but uh, so far it it's been Unbelievable watching what he's been able to do in such a short period of time.
2: Uh, Yeah, Nye's been an incredible value play, and Mark Shiro Dano had been an incredible value play earning the money he did and the contributions that he did or that he was able to provide throughout the course of the regular season. Um, But it's starting to become a problem that can't be ignored, at least in my opinion. I mean, we have a different vantage point. We were in the arena last night watching it from television. Maybe it wasn't so obvious, but really, really focusing in on him and watching his every move uh, for the most part, it felt like it was a major, major disadvantage for the Maple Leafs having him out there. Is this become a problem that's untenable, or do the Maple Leafs even have a solution?
0: No, I, I, I think they're well aware of it. Uh, his minutes continue to kind of uh, trend downward. Uh, I don't think he played much more than 15 minutes last night. And usually you'd see him in a game like this uh, well into uh, 20. So uh, he's got some options for sure. uh, But it it shouldn't really come at a huge uh, surprise here. Uh, A 40-year-old guy who's logged so many miles in his career and we heard from Sheldon keep talking about uh, how this series might e- is quicker than even the Tampa Bay series. Well, that doesn't bowl well for, for Giordano. We know his strength isn't uh, uh, his foot speed or you know, skating a puck out of his own zone, um, and at times he's caught flat-footed. Uh, but still a very smart, intelligent guy who most often than not has been able to Leave himself in in positions of uh, strengths, being on the right side of the puck, uh, defending it, and at times still being able to block a shot. So they're just gonna if they're gonna leave him in the lineup, they just gotta monitor his minutes and and maybe that uh, that that twelve to fifteen if he's feeling it can can stay there, but after that, um, yeah, you're you're right, Justin. You do flirt with danger uh, with him logging too many minutes.
2: It almost feels situational, too, because, like, I'm trying to identify what Florida Pan- the, the Florida Panthers do in an elite way. Like, yeah, Matthew Kachuk is elite, but a top line with Matthew Kachuk and Nick Cousins, Sam Bennett, like, it shouldn't strike too much fear into your heart. So well, I'm trying to figure out what exactly they do so well. How can they tilt the, the advantage in their favor? And really, if I've identified anything that they do extremely well— It's for check and put pressure on defensemen who may not be able to move the puck, uh, you know, in the manner that Morgan Riley does. So, yeah, it feels like. If there's an elite trait, it's that. And against Morgan or against Mark Giordano, rather, that could really cause problems on a, quite a few defensemen that the Maple Leafs have. But do you see it the same way? Like that four check, it's hard to like, oh, it's maybe it's hard to measure that. Maybe it's hard to like rank that against other teams. But the way that the Florida Panthers play without the puck in the offensive zone, is that one of their great strengths?
0: Oh, without without a doubt. And then it's the, the those those fast twitch muscles that kick in and those quick turns uh and again, Giordano's in a situation where if you're gonna stop and start and cross over, uh not necessarily to his strengths anymore. And again, that that first goal was a prime example of a of an amazing four check, keeping Pucks alive. Um and if you if you don't get clean outs uh and, and it comes back, uh those guys can take full advantage of it. They did against Boston. And they did against uh, the Leafs in game one.
2: It's important context, too, because I was trying to identify like one real positive for the Maple Leafs. And I feel like physicality was not only not an issue, but maybe they were the more physically capable team. I mean, there were a bunch of open ice hits that might tilt your thinking a little bit there. But then I probably have to check myself because that four check was a lot more effective from the Florida Panthers. And that's a big part of the physicality game.
0: Well, and we saw some big hits, but you cannot chase those hits. Mm-hmm. and that's what uh, uh jake McCabe I, I hope today has will go to the rink, look at the video and, and learn that that uh you know, sometimes you can get caught up in it too. As an ex player, I could tell you that you know my first job out there was always to be physical, go out there and get a hit, get involved, get noticed, right? I mean, I can't just sit there and 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 wait sometimes because you're so anxious to go out there and and get the crowd into it, get your teammates into it, show everybody that you came to play, and and then it can work um, in the opposite uh, way. And I think that's what happened to Jake McCabe last night. He just went looking for something that that wasn't necessarily there or didn't need to be there. Uh, there's such a fine line between looking forward and and waiting too long. Um, And, you know, Jake's going to have to do a better job of that uh, in game two.
1: So both round one and round two, Maple Leafs drop game one and look to rebound for game two to get a series split here. Uh, What do they need to do? Differently, just like one or two things, like a must-have, and and just how thin the margin is between winning and losing the further you get into the playoffs, like that extra level of intensity and attention to detail that they might need to have come Thursday night.
0: Well, Ailish, just just look at those first two power play opportunities and what that would have done Mm. uh, if you were able to get one and uh, create that energy. Uh, Power plays are still... You know, outside of goaltending and and constant uh, great saves, uh, it it's the one thing that can really change the makeup of a playoff team in terms of how they attack or how much you want to push the envelope on 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 the physicalities. You've got to have a dangerous power play that can uh, can be a threat on the score sheet. And, and I'm not taking anything away from uh, you know the Leafs and their ability to move the puck. I mean they at times on the power play, they did everything except put the puck in the net. Uh, But that is the most important (laughs) element of a power play Uh, outside of that. uh, It it allows teams to continue to kind of have their way uh, in terms of how they want to play or how they want to dictate physically. And until you back them off on the power play, uh, that'll, that'll, that'll definitely be in Florida's favor. So, you know, just uh, specialty teams and, uh, and, and and getting on the score sheet uh, with a man advantage that that's a big game changer for the Leafs. Uh, hopefully, in game two.
1: All right. Well, looking forward to listening to you on Real Kipper Born at three PM, breaking down game one. Looking forward to game two on Thursday night. Thanks for joining us.
0: All right. Have a great morning, everybody.
1: Thanks, Kipper. Nick Kipper is former from NHL Forward and. Co-host, Real Kipper and Bourne, Stanley Cup champ, and our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Kipper, is he's, he's not sounding the alarms yet. We're going to chat with our folks, though. Our loyal listeners at 730 AM. We'll have you calling in after the break at 416-870-0590 or one 888 590 or star 590 on your Roger cell phone. It's the day after... Game one of round two, a little bit of a different uh, feeling going into round two. Does this game one defeat feel any different than how we felt after game one, round one, when the Maple Leafs blew that opening series? Is there a little bit more um, pause before we get all fired up about losing a series this time around? Because we... Did just see the Maple Leafs find a way through round one.
2: Yeah, let us. I mean, this is a new experience, right? So just tell mm-hmm. us how you feel. Round two. It's been a long time since we've been able to talk about round two in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So new sensations, new thoughts, new theories. Maybe you're with Alish and Kipper and not really bothered by the fact that the Maple Leafs dropped game one. Or maybe you're a little bit more fired up after what was...
1: I am bothered. Kind of a disappointing effort. And I do believe it was a disappointing effort, but... I have optimism. Time for something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. We will have our X picks back this week. X Cup.
2: God, I'm nervous. Yeah. Been uh, out of the golf world for a while
1: Seriously, what's going on out there? Uh, Wells Fargo Championship is a big one. Um, That kicks off tomorrow, so we'll do our picks in the week and rake as well. So if we got our golf uh experts you can always send those in at 595.9 and i will read them for myself so just think about that Justin doesn't look at the text line so help me out
2: please no rom no scheffler but rory back rory back is he gonna have to uh tuck a... the tail between his legs yeah. after skipping the last
1: he's got a big opportunity here so uh i bring that up because our chew is golf related um might be a real indicator that tiger is on his way out as uh he parts with a longtime caddy Joe LaCava, twelve years working for him. He's now accepted a full time job with Patrick Cantley. Mm. So he's moved on to bigger and better things. <laughs>
2: From the most beloved to the most hated.
1: exactly. Couldn't be a more disappointing decision. Uh but they parted ways and I mean Cantley's the fourth ranked in the world. Um but the decision Lecapa said, quote, Tiger's not going to play much going forward. Obviously, he's not retiring, but he's going to play like two to six tournaments a year. Tiger and I have talked about it. If something were to come up, feel free to do something. And when this opportunity arose, I checked with Tiger. He said, you're crazy not to take this job. So go forward, win some tournaments, and have a great time.
2: I never really thought about this when considering the Tiger Woods... um situation, mm-hmm. like where he's at in his career. Yeah, if you're
1: the caddy, you're like, hey. <laughs>
2: like, I know Tiger makes a lot of money still in different ways, mm-hmm. uh, but how much of that does Joe LaCava get to see? Like, if That's he's right. just on the sideline, usually... He's not
1: getting the sponsorship money, yeah, right? Yeah, you
2: only make the earnings on the PJ Tour, whatever tour you're playing on. But uh, I do think that he probably has actually him on... I could be wrong with that, He but.
1: probably has him on, like... I'm sure Some sort of him. payroll.
2: But, like, if you're not going to be out there trying to win these premium that's events, true. are you really maximizing your earning potential? So you feel like you're kind of stuck there, but, like, also your Tiger Woods' is caddy, I'm sure that's lucrative.
1: And Patrick Cantlay is certainly, like, competing in all these tournaments, and I think that number four in the world right now. Like, he's got opportunities to win money at these tournaments that he's at, but, I mean, your Tiger Woods' is caddy, I think you're doing all right. What do you I don't think? think he's struggling to afford his lifestyle what do
2: you think he's doing though is it like a permanent vacation that he's on who tiger la cava like if you're you're not his coach you're not his swing coach you're not like hanging out by the bag and giving him swing tips you are the guy who is supposed to know the course that he's playing
1: i would think that
2: like you're just doing research research yeah, and development i think, he'd be, I think he'd be
1: around like you know at least hearing what the, the swing coach and what you know what tiger's working through so when you are caddying in a tournament, you're not like. I guess so. Oh wait, your swing looks so different. You? Like you know, you. I think you're dialed in all the time. You're not probably carrying his bags. You got to some, and free, from the you car. some free
2: time though. You're not traveling around. For sure. You're not grinding out at different courses. Getting. I just don't think yardages. he's in Cabo
1: like with his feet up. Like I think he's around. I think he's probably still an integral part of Tiger Woods. and they've been together for so long, right? They've probably created a real bond, but also a real, I don't know, uh, routine that they go through, right?
2: I suppose. Tiger's gone through caddies, though. I'm not sure how long LaCava has been on the band. 12 years. 12 years? Okay. I mean, he's, yeah, he's probably all right. Work life balance, probably pretty good for old Joe okay. LaCava.
1: Anyway, we'll do our uh, FanX Cup picks, the Wells Fargo Championship this weekend, and we will go through that.
2: 12 years, though, he did miss the prime. Yeah, so maybe he's broke. <laughs> he's just I spending, think he's doing all right. spending all his money on that work life balance.
1: All right, we're going to take a break because it's time to hear from you. 416 870 888 your star 590 under Roger's cell phone a day after game one, dust is settling, how are we feeling, let's look towards game two, any tweaks, any things that need to change, as Kipper said, score in the power play, score more goals than the other team and you win the game, it's that simple, <laughs> how are the vibes after doing something the Maple Leafs hadn't done in a long time, settling in, hopefully it's a, it's a better performance Thursday night, we'll chat with you Leafs Nation on the other side of the break on the Fade Morning Show.
0: Sportsnet 590, the fan.
1: Back on the fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan. fan. Both eating a smile cookie this morning because it's uh, good vibes time. Let's get some good vibes going. Got a little Bob Marley. I really think going to be all right, Justin. You've been
2: bringing the vibe since the start. I've, this has been one of the bigger contrasts in how we feel. <laughs> okay. And I thought we were in the same boat last night. Okay, I thought Maybe were... I slept better. That might be true. Mm. Although I did the thing I do, leaving the game with four minutes left, beat oh, the you're traffic. You're going to tell
1: everybody about that. T-
2: that's, that's what I'm doing every game. Unless I mean, it, it, goes worked overtime. it worked out for you. The game has to be tied for me to not leave early. I,
1: mean, I think that's fair.
2: And I try to time it where they score, I can get back. Don't leave the building.
1: You were able to save 30 to 45 minutes on your commute by leaving just five minutes early.
2: Yeah, it's a very important strategy here moving forward.
1: All right, we want to hear from you at 416-870-0590 or one 666 590 Your Star 590 on your Rogers cell phone is one of my favorite parts of our show that we've had going here for the first and second round of the playoffs hearing from Leafs Nation. Getting the vibe check this morning. We've got a couple callers in the call log, so get in there if you want to get yourself on the radio. Mark and Thornhill, you're joining us first up this morning. How are you feeling?
3: Pretty good. How are you?
1: Oh, we're all right. We're working through it. What's uh, what's your biggest takeaways from last night's loss so, in Game 1?
3: As a, as a fan, I would say I didn't have the same sense of urgency mm-hmm. in the first game of Game 2 as I had in the entire series of Game 1. So I'm sure that some of that is rubbing off on the players as well. This is a new experience for them. Plus, I didn't party nearly as hard as they did in Tampa, so that could have been a factor. But at the end of the day, this is a whole new era. And they think they have to apply the same sense of urgency that they had against against Tampa to Florida. It's a better team, they won round one. It's a higher level of competition and I didn't see I didn't see that edge last night.
1: Thanks, Mark. Appreciate the calls in starting us off here. I think this was a big question mark we had going into last night's game was who's gonna be coming in with the more fire and the more I guess urgency is a great way to put it.
2: And that sort of validates the like overarching theme of, hey, the the urgency level dipped. Like he said, he didn't feel the same Mm -hmm. urgency. I can't imagine they would be able to feel the same amount of urgency. That's how it felt. It felt like it was less important, which is so strange to say, than the last games in Tampa.
1: I think you've earned that, but you can't rely on... That level of like complacency. I don't know.
2: I don't think anything connected to this organization has earned that after. 19 I mean, kind
1: of like fan, like fans too, right? Like, I think if you looked at the pulse on Twitter last night, a lot of people were saying it's all, like it's all right. You know, I'm not banking on the fact that we finally got over a one round win, but it is a series first to four, and I think that having a little bit of. Big picture might help, but I mean, obviously you can't have that. On I mean, Thursday it's, it's got
2: to get ramped up Thursday, and
1: that's night. the problem, right? You just, what, you're gonna flip the switch? They did it last time, though, so it needs to I happen mean, again. Uh, you can't just rely on last time. But I mean, Ryan and Whippy's gonna join us here, and he's he's got the same perspective. They lost game one, and look at us now, Ryan. How's it how's it going this morning?
3: Good morning. I just have to say, uh, you say this is your favorite part of the show. I just have to say, listen to you guys chat about hockey on my way to uh, work in the morning commute is my favorite part. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, similar to Mark, I think that uh, we came into this game thinking that we were going to run all over Florida because you look at the regular season where we think, I think it was three wins, one loss in the regular season against Florida. I think that the mindset was definitely different than game one against Tampa. Um, but with that being said, I think there's a lot of positive takeaways to come away from this. The biggest one is you look at Matthew Nice. He causes or is part of the reason that Florida scores that I think it was the second goal. And then he automatically responds by netting his first uh, playoff goal and definitely a beauty one at that too uh, to really kind of get the boys back into it. Um, I think going into game two, they're going to adjust and make their changes just like they did in the first series and really uh, focus on what they need to do to, to win this series overall and, and not take advantage of uh, the fact that like Florida's here to play and, and they need to step up and, uh, and be a result of that.
2: Yeah, thanks, Ryan. We appreciate uh, the compliment and the call. Um, yeah, Matthew Nyes is really, really fitting in nicely. He loves the between the legs, yeah, he no it, uh, look, yeah, shot like times. that. That was how he was going to score. But it, what it, a moment.
1: <laughs> like, that's your first NHL goal.
2: I love the celebration. It was awesome. And that was the biggest pop of the entire night. Mm-hmm. He scores the goal. Big pop. Then they flash to the game, and then it's the play stops again. ISO on him, on him on the bench. Another huge pop. They do it again. Another huge pop. Like Matthew Nye's is one of the, if they did like the introductions again for the series, and we're talking about mm-hmm. biggest cheers, Matthew Nye's would be in the, you know, the selection of the, the, the biggest, right? Like, I saw
1: Nye's nice jersey too. There you go. Just from a few up on more our perch looking down. I don't think it was family either.
2: It's a good number 23.
1: It is. Uh, Daryl Whippy joins us next. Uh, question marks about the intensity as well. How's it going, Daryl?
3: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you?
1: Hey, we're good. Thanks for calling in.
3: I just felt like after uh, winning a series like that, monkey off the back, you're at home, you, you've got the fans behind you, you think you'd come out and set the tone. And obviously they didn't do that. I felt in a lot of ways last night the Leafs in their own end, like in their in their D zone, they had no answer for um, Florida's uh, forecheck, check. And again, the D was running around. And uh, one big thing, too, the Leafs weren't as physical. I noticed last night anywhere near as what they were in the Tampa series. And you want to be big boys in the playoffs, you got to bring that intensity every game. So hopefully they get a better result next game and uh, get the split.
1: All right, Daryl. I appreciate it. I think we've heard from Daryl almost every time we've been yeah, on the Darryl's, line. Daryl's a loyal caller. Um, the physicality, I think, maybe was shown in a different way than round one. Round one was the physicality of punches being thrown, players being a. Av- ejected, like, beacon back and forth on the benches. for
2: position in front of the net.
1: It was a different physicality than we saw last night. All open-eyes hits. Yeah, and, I mean, last night, I think you brought it up well. You liked the way that Toronto looked in terms of holding their own, but maybe it wasn't, like, the flashy (laughs) punch-yourself-in-the-face type of physicality.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just, maybe it's, like, comparing Tampa to Florida, but it was like, okay, Tampa is the more, like, they have the advantage this way. When I look at Florida, it's like, that's not going to be a problem. But maybe they took that for granted. Maybe they didn't feel as much contact mm. and they weren't battling for position in really important areas. They did land a bunch of open ice hits that were nice, but that is ultimately window dressing. It's not going to result unless, you know, there's like a play off it. But a battle won in front of the net, more important than an open ice hit at the red line.
1: All right. We're taking your calls for the next little bit. So get in the call log at 416 870 591 590 or just star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. We've got some time to hear from you this morning. We'd love for you to get on the line. Um, we've got our next caller from Richmond Hill, Imran, joining us. Um, how are you feeling this morning about the Toronto Maple Leafs?
4: Well,
5: um, plethora, plethora of emotions here. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm celebrating with a lot of the uh, longtime fans who waited the 20 years to see this uh, first round win and move on to the second. So, Um, Funny story, I remember back when the Leafs were in the playoffs, way back when Darcy Tucker was on the team. And I remember back then, uh, he wasn't playing, he broke his arm, but he was still, you know, obviously attending the games. And I went downtown to support and he was leaving the stadium and I sort of, he was, I guess it was just outside where you get to a traffic light. I'm like, if he gets a red light, I'm going to get to the car. If he gets a green light, I'm not going to get to him. Took my flag, got to him, was out of breath. I'm like, Darcy, you're my favorite, please sign my flag. And uh, so, I mean, I was a really passionate fan back then and uh, coming back and seeing them sort of back in the second round, it really like it just lit a fire in me and, you know, I had my snacks in front of me. I was ready to go. But I'm going to be honest, I expected this and I'm not, I'm a fan, but I expected this. We are in the hardest hockey market in the world and the fans and the media and the amount of pressure on these kids, it's unreal. I can't even imagine the amount of composure they have to have just to, Step on the ice and and to sort of calm the jitters so i mean kudos to them kudos to nice and i and and i know a lot of you know a couple callers talked about it and what a guy what a way to go and give up a goal like it was accidental he went to block a shot unfortunate but this guy turned around and what a goal what a first goal like i will be showing that if i'm him to my kids 30 40 years later like this was my first goal in the playoffs so what a g and, and then, you know what? Way to lead your team, right? Like, you got the youngest guy on your team showing that, like, hey, here we go. And then, what a storyline Bunting and Nice, where Nice takes Bunting's spot. Nice gets this big goal. Bunting gets the second goal, you know, because the media was going to be all over this. Oh, Nice, he's the man. You know, we don't need Bunting. So, here we go. Everybody did their part Bunting, Nice. Now, we need the big four to step up. That's mm-hmm. it. I was waiting for Taveras, Matthews, Nylander. You know, Riley, somebody to get a goal yesterday, and it just didn't happen, but they fired on all cylinders. And one last thing I'm going to say, they don't have to be pretty. Stop trying to make it pretty. Just throw the shots to the net. Because if you look at last last series, most of our goals were just random shots to the net mm-hmm. that got tipped. Okay? So they need to start getting pucks to the net. That's it. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much for call- calling in and uh, the story about... Darcy Tucker, he was my favorite growing up too. I would have ran to back that. back in 2002. I would have ran to that light to get the signature. Um, he, needs, well, he
2: needs Nye's signature now. There you go. Maybe on that's the same the secret flag. for Nye. Like he said, okay, so much, yeah, the same flag. So <laughs> much pressure on these guys. Like ignorance is a great thing. And maybe he just doesn't even understand how ridiculous and big this is. And
1: maybe that's different than, and his point was that there's a lot of pressure on the this team in general. Matthew Nye's has already been a plus. And, and as, as Kipper said, you're playing with house money. So just keep not letting that pressure you were talking you.
2: about it last night in the press box like how ridiculous it would be to get that sort of reaction playing a hockey oh game my God. like the way that the arena reacted to matthew nice
1: i said i will like never how long, get how a long moment- can
2: you be innocent yeah when that's the reaction
1: i feel like he's a good level-headed guy um all right curtis and barry is next up um how's it going this morning curtis hi guys thanks for taking my call of course what's on your mind
6: yeah you guys talked about um um, you know, the difference between Tampa and Florida. And I stole this quote from a friend. I can't take credit, but I thought it was really relevant. Uh, we went from completely wrestling a grizzly to racing a cheetah. And I think I think that's so accurate because one of the things I noticed, especially in the first period, was the defensive core here and the fact that they did not have the time and space that they did with Tampa. You know, as soon as they got the puck back there, they look up and the forecheck was so intense that they didn't have a lot of time to make that D to D pass, and uh, they mentioned it in the in the first uh, intermission there, and you could see the adjustment happen in the second, where they would get the puck back and then they would fire it up fairly quickly, which is what they didn't really used to do with in the Tampa series, and I think I think this team will come out on top. But you could definitely see that it was quite the adjustment in terms of defending against the four check. And then if we can chip it up and high like that and get some uh, odd man rushes, I think we have the firepower to come out on top. So thanks for taking my call. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks guys.
1: Perfect. Uh, Curtis and Barry and Curtis's friend with the wrestling and grizzly (laughs) to chasing a cheetah, racing a cheetah is a great analogy. It is a different, completely different team. Like this was a fast paced, aggressive Game, and I think maybe the Maple Leafs are caught on their heels a little bit.
2: Yeah, and it's time to use, tan- or, oh, we'll almost have again, Florida's aggression against them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because they, it, it was Toronto being a little bit overzealous at times, and Florida was doing it too, but they were doing a much better job combating Toronto's aggressiveness. I think there has to be an adjustment there where, yeah, you look to create those odd man rushes because Florida's going to jump in. It's It's on them to, you know, get into the video, look at what they saw. And f- try and find ways to create their own out of what is more of a track meet style. But again, trying to reduce the track meet style is probably priority one.
1: Get more to the grizzly bear. Yeah, slow it down a bit. Um, okay, I think we have time for just a couple more callers. So we'll head over to George in Toronto. George, how's your vibe check this morning?
4: Not bad. The vibe check's actually uh, it's actually pretty good here. I like it. <clears throat> um, yeah, when we're talking about physicality, it's uh, the answer is so it could be so divisive. Um, I think the Leafs came out physical uh, last night. I mean, when we're talking about physicality in the corners, physicality in front of the net, I think you hit the nail on the head. We weren't, but those open ice hits really make, really, you know, they get the fans going, and that's that's one of the big things, right? Like. Uh, a few days ago, we were talking about getting the fans on their feet, and if you're losing 4-1 like we were uh, last series, get on your feet. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Well, that open ice hit does that. And when you can uh, keep Kachuk, you know, keeping his head up when he's uh, skating along the boards because he knows he's going to get hit, that's a, that's a big difference. So when you're playing with that kind of physicality, I think it really makes a difference in the series, and uh, it'll make a ser- uh, difference down the road as well. I think it's uh, it's a huge important part of the game, and we haven't seen the Leafs play that kind of hockey in a long time so so that was nice to see
1: all right george well thanks for calling in this morning um the physicality is certainly top of mind and i think it's a big contrast obviously from tampa but um at the point about matthew kachuk is he got he got hit quite a few times he bounced right back up and didn't even phase him right he's just like he was very uh very quiet in terms of like the theatrics he just yeah it didn't affect playing. him he kept playing
2: yeah he, scary. He, he did a nice job dealing with uh, being sort of a marked man or at least being targeted uh, with those open ice hits. But, yeah, it's like, oh, were they physical? That's kind of the debate. And and you nailed it with the call being a divisive. Yeah, because they were, they had that that window dressing, that stuff that looked really nice. But did you win enough battles in, like, key areas and corners in front, of, in front of the net? You'd have to go back and watch the game to tell yourself that that was true.
1: I think we have time for one more call. Danny and Collingwood are wrapping up our calling segment this morning. How's it going this morning, Danny?
4: Good morning. Things are good. Uh, no complaints, really. Good. Um, hard not to be disappointed, though. Um, yeah, I, not hitting the panic button, but hard not to be disappointed. I mean, the game was there for the taking. I think if we're being honest. The Leafs, I, I believe the Leafs are the better team. More talent. You know, even both our goals were real good goals. Theirs were... Grappy, as a result of gaffes, a couple of brain farts even, you know, that led to them having the man advantage. Um, yeah, I just, I think if the Leafs play their game, they'll win the series. So the, the long game, Leafs are going to come out on top. But last night, hard not to wake up disappointed, I think, if uh, you're a Leaf fan this morning, because that game really was there to be taken, I think.
1: Well, Danny, appreciate you calling in, wrapping up uh, the calls this morning. Thanks to everybody else for getting in the call log. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, disappointment certainly justified, especially for fans, right? waited a very long time to see that team come out and come roaring out into the second round, and it, it was, you were left wanting more. The thing is, I think we can see more from this team, and that's a, a positive spin on yeah. a, a night that, you know, which went a different way.
2: I think there should be disappointment. I think you can be a little bit annoyed by what you saw. Um, you can be very critical, but at the end of the day, it's hard not to look at that matchup and that game and be like, Toronto is the better team, and they should win four of the next six games.
1: I feel like, what if we came on here this morning and they gave their absolute best and they still weren't looking like the better team? Bit more anxious, nervousness, energy. They can play better. They certainly have every opportunity and every history now, short-term history, of of doing so in the first round, flipping the switch. Can it be done? They got a good opportunity Thursday night. They probably... Should uh, address that as a must-win. You know, you can't be going back to Sunrise to F L A Live, where apparently now you can get tickets. We'll see. I don't know. They tried to go back on the Canadians not being able to buy tickets. Whatever. There'll be Leafs fans there, but you can't go there down O two. I
2: think that was part of the ticketing thing. Like let's throw let's throw the Florida's campaigning. Let's throw the weekend out of whack a little bit. Maybe gonna work all next week.
1: Yeah, maybe you don't want to rip down for a night. Because you got to fly back Monday morning, or Sunday night after the game.
2: Yeah, maybe a lot of flights Sunday morning going home, and it's like, oh, you already you missed the game, and you already mm-hmm. booked into this flight.
1: Interesting, something spooky up in the air. But yeah, game Thursday, then game Sunday, so a little bit of a different schedule for the Maple Leafs. See how both teams deal with a bit more rest, a bit more time off in between games. Could keep them real fresh, or could keep you sitting, you know, uh, getting a little sluggish or slow waiting.
2: Drop Game 2 and you got to wait for Game 3. That's not a good situation to no. be in. Uh, the urgency needs to be extreme for the Maple Leafs in Game 2.
1: All right, we've got another hour here on the Fan Morning Show. Haley Salvian's going to join us on the other side of the break. Our girl um, joining us to talk about kind of a league-wide look as well. How about... The Seattle Kraken last night steal and run from the Dallas Stars. Joe Pavelski with four goals, still an OT loss. Kraken with a win. Panthers with a win. The underdogs kind of kicking things off sharp here in round two. And we're giving away tickets to Aerosmith as well. So you want to stay tuned to get the code word for that. And then Ed Jovanowski is going to join us at seven or eight thirty to wrap up the show with a baby wake and rake. So send your picks in as well at five ninety five ninety, Final game of the Jays-Red Sox series. They've dropped both of these games. Looking for a bounce back. That's 7-10. First pitch tonight. And who's on the mound, Justin? Alec Manoa. And who's on the other side?
2: Alec Verdugo.
1: Big drama tonight at Fenway. All that to tee up on the final hour of the Fan Morning Show.